I asked our guest Shane Hallam to pound the table for someone before the draft. Shane, who you pounded the table for? I'm pounding the table for Texas running back Roshan Johnson. I think Roshan is going to be much better than a lot of the running backs in this class, despite being the backup to Bijan. He's going to be a lead running back in the NFL and great for your fantasy team one day. I love it. I love it. You heard it here first. Go get you some Roshan Johnson. Now let's get to the show. Welcome, everyone, to the most accurate podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon Niles. With me is my excellent co-host, as always, Jen Akins. Jen, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm I'm thrilled with uh, Shane's pound the table because if you remember last week in our rookie running back uh, spectacular, that was my one guy that I talked about that uh, no one's talking about because you know Robinson is getting all the hype. So I'm excited to hear that. Um, I'm excited to get the draft over with. You know how I feel about the draft. It's some people live for it, and it is like my least favorite part of the uh, the fantasy football uh, yearly cycle. So I am thrilled to get that underway, and I'm thrilled to have Shane here because then I can just sit here and uh, smile and not really give any input tonight, and just let him roll with everything. Brandon, how you doing? I'm doing good. I love the draft, but I will I, I will be honest. I stopped doing draft content, and now. I know less about this draft than I've ever known about any draft uh, since I, I was a kid. It. So it's true. I barely know anything about this year's draft. I'm not going to get out of the second round before I start seeing names that I don't really know a lot about it. That's that's rare for me. Uh, but luckily, we have Shane here. I'm very excited. Uh, he's going to be here to join us uh, to talk quarterback, tight end, wide receiver draft prospects. You can find Shane's work on Draft Countdown. Listen to his podcast, The Devi Marketplace. Absolutely follow him on Twitter, at Shane P. Hallam, for excellent draft nuggets. Uh, not only during the draft, but also super insightful on the undrafted free agent signings. Uh, it's it's great the days following. Uh, Shane, you're my favorite Twitter follow uh, in regard to draft. One of my favorite Twitter follows in general. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. How you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me back. Thanks for the high praise. It's it's always a pleasure uh, to be with both of you, and and especially draft week, man. This is I'm I'm hyped up. I'm ready as well. I'm kind of ready for it to be over as well. It's like you know Christmas Eve here, and let's just let's just get this thing going. <laughs> well, we're excited to be able to know where to draft these players, right? Because it's all speculation at this point. Uh, get in those best ball circles over on Underdog after the draft goes down and figure out where these guys go. Uh, Shane, everybody check out Shane's mock uh, up on Draft Countdown right now. Uh, Seven-round mock. Uh, also, your your player blurbs don't get as much play, Sean, but Shane, but they're excellent. Uh, your player blurbs up there as well. Check those out. Uh, I wanted to ask you real quick, what do you think the likelihood is of the Cardinals trading down, uh, you know, Lots of question marks in Houston. Uh, Cardinals definitely need some of the defensive talent that's there. Uh, if gun to your head, like, do the Cardinals pick at three? I, I think gun to my head, I say they do. I I, I think it's close to 50-50, probably 55-45. I think that they stay more likely that they stay there. Um, defense, I've also heard offensive tackle that they might be interested in Paris Johnson from Ohio State. So I, I think it's just they're not going to want to move down too far. I think it might be tough for a team to move up unless it's maybe the Raiders seven, someone like that. Okay. Um, and then I wanted to ask Bijan Robinson, you've still got him. That's the other Texas, but we'll just call it the other Texas running. Yeah. Back. Yeah. Oh, yeah right. Uh, you have him eighth to Atlanta, unless you updated it this morning. I, you've still got him eighth to, to Atlanta. Um, thank you for that fantasy dream scenario. I just wanted to say, 
<laughs> I think that's where we all want him to land. This, <laughs> we'll we'll get to that later. We'll get to stuff like that later. Um, last week we talked running backs with Justin Edwards. This week we're going to talk, like I said, quarterback, tight end, receiver. Let's hit quarterback first. Um, Shane, how many first round quarterbacks do we have this year? Because it, it seems like I hear four or five. But most years when you hear about that, it doesn't actually end up being four or five. So how many do you think we actually see off the board on day one? I, I do think we get four. Um, I, I think the fifth, Hendon Hooker, the quarterback out of Tennessee, has been getting this push. It's going to continue all week uh, into the first round. I, I just don't think a team's going to sit there and say, hey, I'm going to use my first round pick on the 25-year-old with the ACL injury from a, a gimmicky offense. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I like Hendon Hooker. I think he could be great. He'll go early second. But I think I think we get the big four and that's it. I think we all need to learn our lesson from last year. We were trying to push Malik Willis and Matt Corral and whoever else into the first round, and it didn't happen. Yeah, I, I look back now and I see all those Malik Willis top 10 picks, and it looks uh, looks very funny now. It looks very funny a year later. <laughs> uh, so how many of them do you have ranked as first-round talents? Because I know that's not always the same thing. So. I only have two. So I have Bryce Young, the quarterback at Alabama, and and I actually have Ohio State C.J. Stroud slightly above him. I think they're both top three talents in this draft for me. I think both are phenomenal quarterback prospects and recruits. Anthony Richardson, the quarterback out of Florida, and Will Levis, the quarterback out of Kentucky. I have more of a second-round grade on, maybe willing in the right, right situation to take them late first, but they're going to go much higher than I have them graded. Yeah, obviously we're seeing them top 10. You have them mocked uh, mocked highly in the first round as well. Uh, you do have Stroud and Young neck and neck. Um, tell me a little bit about these two quarterbacks, what you love about – obviously you love both of them. Uh, what you love about them and what you love specifically about Stroud over Young. I think they're similar in a lot of ways. Just, just the, the ball placement that both Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud has is exceptional. Um, we saw this year with Bryce Young – under pressure, big time game situations, you know, he has stepped up to the plate. I think that makes him an elite potential prospect. Plus, you have some of the athleticism. I, I think Stroud just has a lot of those fundamentals down pat, the footwork, the arm. Every pass looks the same, whether whether it's a five yard slant or he's throwing the ball on a nine route. 40 yards down the field like his arm motion and his footwork is all the same and that that and that compartmentalizing it just makes it so much easier to hit your target I think both those guys are good at it they have good arm strength you know they kind of have the full package I think Bryce Young's frame is a little concerning it's like the one thing that knocks him down it might not be an issue I don't think it'll be an issue in the NFL but 510 he played under 200 pounds he got hurt this past year. Well, yeah, it's a little bit of a concern. I think I would take Stroud's kind of size. I think Stroud has more athleticism than we give him credit for. But, you know, I think you're picking out of two great quarterbacks if you get that choice. That makes sense to me. Um, so the size, uh, we did see Kyler Murray's been okay, even though size was kind of the knock on him. So let's see. if I, I, think, I think Kyler Murray's been okay for us fantasy people, but I think in the true. real NFL, they're not exactly too thrilled with Kyler Murray. Yeah. It's true. There's definitely a, a lot going on with Kyler Murray. There's, there's just a lot happening there. Um, <laughs> so uh, assuming uh, these two players, Young and Stroud, assuming they land in, in spots to start, uh, is a landing spot when you're looking at a dynasty fantasy approach, because I know you, like me, enjoy dynasty and even deeper leagues than that. But um, when you're looking at these two, will landing spot be the difference or are you going to pretty much prefer Stroud regardless? I think landing spot will have an effect. I honestly, a lot might depend on where Stroud goes in the draft. You know, if he goes two or he goes four, 
then I'll feel a little more comfortable with him. Uh, I do think Carolina, they're going to take Bryce Young first overall. Uh, I I think that's kind of in the books at this point. And, you know, that that kind of conviction maybe might sell me on him. So it's still razor razor thin. Um, I'm not a big, like, landing spot makes the difference. But I have both these guys pretty close. So that could be the tiebreaker here. And I'll probably, with as many Dynasty Leagues as I'm in, try to have a good amount of both. I'm a little off show sheet here, but dynasty uh, superflex formats are Stroud and Young. Um, are they number one, number two, number three? But with Bijan, or is there uh, something different you want to throw at us? Well, I I think Anthony Richardson is interesting at the 102 because of that size and athleticism. Like I don't know if Anthony Richardson's gonna be a good quarterback. I don't think he will be. But I don't need him to be for fantasy. I just need him to run through and over guys and for touchdowns, right? <laughs> like, I can sell him for a lot if that happens in year one or year two. I, I'm a value dynasty player. So if I think a guy's going to increase his value, I think Gary Richardson, as long as he goes in the top 12, then I'm willing to spend maybe that 102 on him and take the upside uh, and 103, 104, be Young and Stroud, and Bijan's still 101 for me. Sure. So talking Richardson, let's assume he and Will Levis, who's also uh, super athletic and, and has some rushing ability. Uh, let's say they both assume in grooming spots, you know, like uh, Indianapolis behind Minshew for a year, Seattle behind Geno for a year, places like that. Um, where do you uh, look at them? Dynasty Superflex? Do you still prefer Rich? Obviously, you, you prefer Richardson there, but where are you looking at Levis? Yeah, I, I, th- I think Will Levis is tough because I, depending on the spot, I think you could make an argument for 105. You could say, look, this is a, a once again a top 12 quarterback. If he goes to a place like Seattle, if they spend the fifth pick, or if the Texans take him at two, it's like you know, you know, he's the future. And like you said, if there's someone in front of him that starts, whether it's Geno Smith or Davis Mills or whoever, that's fine with me. You know, I'm fine waiting on those quarterbacks. I think it's such a a gold asset in the super flex leagues. Right now I have Levis, the 107. I think I'd probably take Jackson Smith and Jigba, the receiver from Iowa State, and Jameer Gibbs, the running back from Alabama, over him. But uh, the draft could change that. So in the 105 to 107 mold for Levis, and I think Richardson is in that 102 to 104 area. Where do you want Richardson to land? Like, where's a good fantasy spot for him? Like, I I would love him in Indianapolis because kind of what you said. I think he can sit for a little bit. You have the run game. Like, there's some – and we saw how good Jalen Hurts was in that change straight in offense. I think Anthony Richardson could do similar things. I don't think he's as talented as Jalen Hurts. But at least running the football, we know that offense is open to it. That's good for me. You know, I'd be – more scared in a place like Tennessee or uh, something like that, where I'm like, eh, you know, this seems more conservative and you're, they're trying to swing for the fences. Um, so that, that, that's probably how that will, will work out for me. If Richardson goes four, he's going to be super intriguing. Is Tennessee going to give up on Malik Willis after one year? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 think, I, mean, I think they've I mean, already given up on Malik Willis. I think it's already <laughs> in the bag. I don't, I don't even know if they wanted to take him. I, I feel uh-huh. like they were like, he shouldn't be here. I guess we got to take him. And then got to like, give him a ah, world. Crap. Yeah. <laughs> I've been drafting a lot of Ryan Tannehill in like best ball at the end because nobody wants him, but you're like, he's going to play at least, you know, a decent chunk. I mean, I don't think they're rushing to get Willis out there anytime soon, if at all. So. 
Yeah, we'll see. There's rumors of him getting moved. We'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, out of value at this point, somebody who can do a little bit of action with his legs. Uh, let's talk, since you're a Devi guy, let's talk Caleb Williams a little bit. I know uh, it's a little late in the game for Devi, uh, Caleb Williams, but look into next year dynasty stuff. Uh, is he going to be your top prospect on the board for next year? And where would he rank in this year's class? I think Caleb Williams is easily the, the top quarterback on the board, top player on the board for the 2024 NFL draft. Cause he, you know, he has the five-star pedigree like Bryce young did, but also has shown the ability to run throw down the field. I mean, man, he's so crisp with his arm work and uh, he's so good. Yeah. I, I think he would be easily number one in this class. Uh, they care. I think, the Bears could have gotten even more for that number one pick if they wanted to, if Caleb Williams was sitting here. Uh, ultimately, he's he's going to be a game changer for whoever gets the number one overall pick next year. I got a pretty bad team in Superflex. Should I be punting this year, the quarterback this year, and going after Caleb Williams next year? Like, I, I think if you got a pretty bad team, you, you might want to <laughs> move, move those running backs, get Barron at running back, and, and find your way into that number one pick. Uh, it'll be It'll be worth it because I think fantasy wise, too, he has the legs and athletic ability. And right now, I, I think you need that in fantasy to feel really confident about a high floor. So I think Caleb Williams, people are going to be trading a lot to get him in fantasy and the real NFL draft if it comes down to it. I like it. How does he rank to Trevor Lawrence? Because I know you loved Trevor Lawrence coming out. So as a prospect. Trevor Lawrence is my highest rated quarterback prospect ever. Uh, and I've been doing this since 2004. Um Caleb's not there yet, but we'll see how this year goes. If this year goes really well, my my challenge, my Trevor Lawrence grade. Uh, so in May, I'm going to post my kind of top 10 historic grades by position of what they've been. And uh, yeah, Caleb Williams might challenge that. He has that kind of talent. Oh, I'm looking forward to seeing that, Shane. That's awesome. Uh, any favorite prospects we haven't mentioned? We've kind of talked the top five a little bit. Um, we touched on Hendon Hooker. Anybody we didn't bring up at the quarterback that you want to bring up? Jake Hayner from Fresno State, I think, has a shot to sneak into the third round. Just really tough, productive, accurate. You know, I don't know if he's going to be this, you know, great fantasy quarterback, but say a team like Detroit drafts him behind Jared Goff, right? Could be a, a fit if they want to develop him and let him kind of manage an offense with a lot of weapons. I think Hayner could be worth a fantasy look if he gets a, a you know starting job due to injury or something. But I also like Clayton Toon out of Houston. I think he has a live arm. He's pretty raw, but has some of that high-end talent and production. Uh, so he's a name to look for. Day three might get drafted, and I think both those guys will stick around the league for a while. Excellent. I'm looking forward to seeing where these quarterbacks land. Let's move on to the tight end position. Uh, yeah, let's, let's move on to nobody's favorite position um tight end you know i actually used to really like tight end but it's just been such a wasteland over the last couple of years that it's it's tough to get excited about it i will say though that i was doing a little research for something else today um in the last two years we've actually had some decent rookie tight end production like so it hasn't been you know i think we're moving maybe towards that i don't know i guess we'll have to see but this year is a stronger tight end class than at least you know we've seen you know in a while um it's a little deeper you know, some names that could possibly contribute right away. Um, how many, you know, of, of the guys in this class do you see contributing, uh, you know, right away? Like you said, I think, I think rookie tight ends are starting to produce a little bit more. Teams are trusting them. And I think part of it is because the position's such a barren wasteland in the NFL. So many teams need a tight end. I, I think we're going to see, you know, maybe four, three or four tight ends that could give immediate value. Uh, obviously the top two that I think are lock 
pretty lock first round picks. Uh, Michael Mayer at Notre Dame and Dalton Kincaid out of Utah. I think those are guys that could step in day one, have the experience to be able to step in and get a lot of receptions coming their way, maybe some touchdowns. But I also think some of the upside tight ends, uh, Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State, could be an immediate contributor. And, uh, you know, I, I think we could even see Darnell Washington out of Georgia if he gets to the right spot, maybe help out with, you know, with, with touchdowns and give you a two-touchdown game here and there. So I think we're going to see this rookie tight end group. I'm interested to see in Dynasty in these rookie drafts. I think they're going to be under-drafted in a lot of rookie drafts when because people are scared of investing in the tight end. But this is this is the year to do it. You know, you mentioned Darnell Washington. Um, it's no secret. Anyone that listens to the pod, anyone that reads my work, I am a UGA homer through and through. Um, you know, I'm excited about Darnell Washington. I uh, know you mentioned him a little bit, but, you know, coming from a, a Devi, you know, dynasty perspective, which which I don't play, but I'm, I'm aware, uh, you know, how high do you see Brock Bowers? Because I love the guy. I wish I wish he was coming out this year. Uh, that would be fantastic if we could draft him now. I'd be all over it. Uh, but how how you know how are you valuing him in the Debbie formats, and where do you see him as a fantasy asset? You know, next year when he comes out. I I love Brock Powers. He like he, he's so good. He's uh in, in tight end premium superflex. He's my number four Debbie player entirely. Um, so you know I have two quarterbacks: wow. Marvin Harrison Jr. and Brock Bowers. Like I would take him over any running back in Debbie right now. Uh, one of my favorite tweets I've ever made, and I'm sticking to it, is that Brock Bowers is going to be what we wanted Kyle Pitts to be. Like, oh, that's wow. Brock Bowers will be. Love because it. Because he's not just a receiver, right? He's running the football. He's running these reverses. He has the athleticism. Uh, I think he has the physicality. I think Brock Bowers is going to be a top five pick in the NFL draft next year. Yeah, I'm going to be super bummed to to not be able to watch him in a red and black uniform, um, unless of course he goes to the Falcons or something, which wouldn't make sense. But uh, I, you know, I will miss watching him uh, in the SEC every Saturday. But I'm excited to see him, uh, you know, what he does in the NFL. So, you know, from a fantasy perspective, what is your favorite, you know, pairing of a landing spot per se? Like you said. Michael Mayer, Dalton Kincaid, where do you see these guys going? Where do you want them to go? Where do you think uh, as fantasy managers would, would behoove all of us if they went there? There's a lot of nice spots because a lot of teams don't have a tight end. I mean, I, I think the Green Bay Packers is the most glaring uh, spot hole. You know, obviously Aaron Rodgers now being traded. Yeah, maybe that that hurts it a little bit. But then moving up to 13, I think Michael Mayer makes a lot of sense. And can essentially be, you know, the 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 one B in that passing game to Christian Watson or to the running backs. I think he could be really good. Um, I definitely like the Chargers as a landing spot. You know, I, I think we thought maybe they would invest in Dalton Schultz, uh, but we saw how Schultz did well in that offense last year for Dallas. You don't need a, a super athlete to catch a lot of passes. Um, and you have Justin Herbert as your quarterback and receivers to get hurt all the time. Like I would love if they drafted Dalton Kincaid in the first round. I think they're uh, definitely very intriguing. And then I think Dallas and Cincinnati, I think Cowboys and Bengals, both have a giant hole. You know, Jake Ferguson's fine, but I think they're going to draft one. Um, and Cincinnati as well. I mean, Irv Smith's going to last two games. Like, let's be real. And <laughs> and whoever they draft is going to step in there. Drew Sample was was a wasted pick by them. Uh, even like Buff Buffalo's brought in the most. Uh, I think they're tied for the most tight end visits um, up with Green Bay. Like they brought in a lot of tight ends, and so I can see that too. I, I think. 
look at those day two tight ends. There's going to be a lot that uh, are going to contribute almost immediately just out of pure need. You know, I would like to see, you know, Detroit would be fun. I don't think it'll happen because I think they, you know, they have other other things that they need. But I think Detroit would be fun if they got, you know, a really good rookie. Um, and speaking of, you said the day two guys, is there anyone that we have not mentioned that you feel like is worth mentioning? Yeah, I think there's a lot. I'll, I'll kind of go my guy and maybe my biggest fantasy crush um, in in this tight end class is Tucker Craft, the tight end out of South Dakota State. Uh, I mean, he is good size, 90-plus percentile athlete at the position, super tough, good blocker. He'll catch the ball. He'll run you over. Had some injuries this year that knocked him down, or I think he'd be a firm you know, round two selection, probably round three, round early round four. Um, but I looked at my pre-draft notes and his, you know, the notes I have for him line up exactly with the notes I had for Travis Kelsey when he was coming out. Injuries kind of hamper the athleticism on the field, but you know he's a better athlete than he is, plays really smart, finds the hole in the zone, can do some things after the catch. Uh, but, you know, but the injury problem was an issue. I, I think Tucker Craft's that guy. But, I, I mean, I like Sam Laporta out of Iowa as kind of another receiver. I think Luke Shawnmaker out of Michigan is highly undervalued in the fantasy community right now. He's an athlete that can play. Um, Brenton Strange from Penn State. This tight end class is 10-11 deep. It, it, it is worth – once again, worth investing in. We're seeing a lot more two tight end systems out there too, which makes it fun to to see where these guys land. Sometimes two tight ends have actually have actual fantasy value. It's been fun. Yeah, that would be nice. I just need more tight ends to have fantasy value. I feel good. <laughs> we all do because it's like you get, you know, every year we get hyped up and then there's like three that are good and the rest suck. And then we start over the next year. So <laughs> it would be nice if these this new crop do would it. actually give us, you know, tight end four through 12 to actually produce. <laughs> I, I, I'm praying. I'm praying it happens here. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's talk wide receivers. Uh, I, I want to devote a good amount of time to the wide receiver section here. Um, we've been having a lot of instant impact fantasy receivers um, as rookies over the last few years. Uh, even though last year it, the, the class wasn't as touted as it was the previous two years, we still had Garrett Wilson, came out and was a, a quality fantasy receiver at times. Chris Olave had a really good season. We had good rookie years. Um, is this another strong class of rookie receivers that we can hope for some immediate production? I think it's a good class. I, I don't think it ended up being as great as we were hoping that it would be just with certain circumstances this year with certain players. I, I mean, we're probably still going to get four first round receivers, three to four, I would say. And you're going to have, probably another three to four go in that beginning to mid second round range. Like we're going to have a lot of players that are there. I think for fantasy, when you look at these receivers, you're looking at this guy's in 175 pounds. And this guy's 182 pounds. And it's like, Oh, that doesn't feel quite as good, right? It doesn't feel like we can get that dominant wide receiver one out of this group that we want. And I think that's what hinders it a little bit from a fantasy perspective, but Look, I, I mean, I think a, a guy like Hollywood Brown, for example, was was left behind in, in rookie drafts because he was the first receiver off the board, but he's super small. Like, I think teams, if they're going to draft these guys early, they're going to try to build them into the offense to get some volume. So I'm a little higher on the group as a whole than I think the general consensus, um, but I definitely understand the trepidation of the class. And not we don't have a Jamar Chase. Who knows if we're actually going to get, a, you know, a top 12 fantasy receiver out of this group 
So uh, among your wide receivers, you do have Jackson Smith and Jigba from uh, Ohio State as your top receiver. Uh, how big is the gap between him and your number two receiver, Quentin Johnston? It, it, it's pretty big uh, at this point. I think it, it's widened here a little bit in, in the offseason. Um, you know, JSN, I think had he played this year, he had the hamstring injury, tried a, a little bit really couldn't play. Amike Buka took his spot as the slot role for Ohio State. I think we would be talking about him as a top 10 pick just because he gets open really well. Uh, I mean, JSN has that that agility. His, his agility scores were off the charts. He's so explosive off the line, super difficult to cover. You remember the Rose Bowl against Utah um, two years back? Like, he, he can dominate. And, and I think we just didn't see it for a year. So, like, yeah, can he dominate? You know, he's a slot receiver, whatever. Uh, but we've seen a guy like Justin Jefferson, slot receiver in college, have that ability to go outside. I think JSN can go outside. I think it's going to depend on the system and scheme that he gets drafted into. Uh, but I feel a lot more comfortable with him than I do Quentin Johnson. Like, Quentin Johnson could bust. I don't think JSN is going to be a bust. I think he's going to be a wide receiver, too, for my fantasy team. And I'll trot him out in my flex spot, worst-case scenario. Quentin Johnston, uh, you know, we might be looking at uh, you know, you're looking at uh, another player that just busts out the Jonathan Baldwins of the world going back. You know, you, you get scared of that kind of player. I love the Jonathan Baldwin reference. I enjoy, <laughs> I, I enjoy those references. I like that shit. You went back. And that's the first way. one that comes to my yeah, head. That's pretty I like, bad. But I went Laquan Treadwell. But I like, I like, I like that. So, um, so uh, Smith and Jigba, I, I, you said Justin Jefferson. That's what what's interesting to me. I've only watched a little bit of film. But I'm starting to knock Smith and Jigba for the same things I knocked Justin Jefferson for, and that's what scares me about about avoiding him. So, so I, I think I'm just going to have to draft Smith and Jigba this year. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough when a when a player only does this one thing in college. Like that's not going to fly. Like you know, JSN can't be who he was in college in the NFL and be you know, a top 10 fantasy producing receiver. It just can't happen. He could be Deontay Johnson. Like that's what you're hoping for. Um, but I think there is faith that he is much better than that. I think even going back to watching him in high school where he played outside, he was leaping over guys and making catches. It's like, you know, it's high school, but I've seen him do it. You know, he has that ability. So it's going to be a good debate. I think he's pretty firmly the 102 and one quarterback leagues. Like, I, I think you have to take him 102 um, just because of the, the chasm between him and the rest of this receiver class. There's a spot you're hoping he lands. Uh, I mean, look, if, if I can just dream draft, get, the Texans take CJ Stroud at two and JSN at 12, then I'm in like, give me the, the, the Shanahan offense with, with Jackson Smith and Jigba playing, you know, that, that Debo Samuel role and CJ Stroud throwing the ball. I, th I think I'd be very comfortable with that. That sounds like a blast. That's what I, now I want that to be my dynasty pick. That's what I want. I want to take Stroud and, uh, and Smith and Jigba. Uh, you talked about Quentin Johnston as your number two. He bigger player, um, a yak monster. Uh, is he kind of the only X receiver in this draft? Cause like you said, they're all kind of small. So, uh, your thoughts on Quentin Johnston, kind of his potential going in. I think he's the only X receiver, at least till mid late second round of the NFL draft. Um, what's going to be interesting is does that make a difference in his draft stock? I think it's worth noting, you know, if he goes in the top 20, then that tells me that a team's like, Hey, he can be the X. He can play it. We feel comfortable with that. If he falls to 
30, 31, whatever, you know, then it's like eh, teams were scared away by the only big X receiver. Quinn Johnson doesn't play like your typical X. Like you said, he, I mean, he's a yak guy catching the ball behind the line, bubble screen, screen passes, um, taking some of those short kind of slants and, and trying to get ahead. Um, he's not great at the, the jump balls. He's not great at playing through contact and being able to catch the football that way. And those are things you can improve. I think we've seen a lot of players kind of quote play small and end up in the NFL playing much bigger, but uh, Quinn John just hasn't done it because of the TCU offense. So I, I'm intrigued. I'll swing for the fences with him uh, in a couple leagues, but I'm not going to be, you know, oversaturated with Quentin Johnston because of that downside fear. Sure. Um, number three on a lot of people's boards on uh, Jordan Addison from USC. I find him to be a really hard grade to me. Um, tell me what you think of Jordan Addison, what his ceiling is in, in the NFL. Cause I, you know, like he looks like a guy who should be able to be fast and get downfield, but then you don't always see it. And I, I just can't figure out what to make of him. He's tough. He is a tough grade. 173 pounds dominated at Pitt for 18 years old, uh, you know, in the ACC and then went to USC and, and continued to do the same type of things, uh, obviously with, with a better quarterback, uh, though having Kenny Pickett and Caleb Williams, you know, two first round picks isn't too bad. I, I think Addison, when you watch him and you see the route running, you see the precise footwork, um, you see the hand-eye coordination to really track the ball in the air and do what he has to do to come down with it. I feel comfortable with that. What's he going to do against press at that? You know, I don't know. Uh, my my comp prospect comps. I, I comp guys as similar to guys coming into the league because that's I scout before they come in. That's what I know. Is Jeremy Macklin uh, back in two thousand nine from Missouri? Who a lot of people were like, oh yeah, he, he was really fast. He's faster than Addison. But you go back and look at his his speed numbers, his forty time. You're like, whoa, he wasn't that fast, right? You know, the route running creates the speed for Addison. And I think that's where the separation can come. So I think his ceiling's limited, but I do think he has a high floor. I think he's going to be a good player. I didn't know what to do with Macklin either. So. <laughs> yeah, right, right, which is fair. He, he was very similar in that vein. You're like, I, I don't know. Um, so we'll see. So you mentioned a little bit, we mentioned a landing spot for JSN. What about the other guys? Do you have any favorites landing spots that you see uh, some of these, you know, top, top-ish wide receivers going? Look, I, I would love to get Quentin Johnston to the Giants. Uh, like, can can, the, can we just get them a real X receiver with some size? And I think I would be in in that offense that that seemed to work well. I think they have enough slot guys to fill up 17 slots on the field, but we don't have anyone for the outside. So, you know, I, I would like that fit. Um, you know, I, I think New England is interesting um, because I – a, I don't trust Bill Belichick to scout receivers. And, you know, can't. B, I don't know if any <laughs> – he just can't do can't. it. Not, if he drafts one this year. The history's drafts, there. Like, we just can't. <laughs> he drafts a Flowers at, at 14. Then I'm like, oh, okay, no, well. don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, let's wait for my final mock draft, Brandon. We'll plug oh, him in right no. there. <laughs> but, but, you know, they actually, they actually have an offensive coordinator that's, you know, coached offense, which is good. And, you know, I, I think Mac Jones is – fine like i think it would be an interesting spot if someone's good enough to ascend uh i think that's interesting so and honestly the vikings is one that i like too i don't know if they're going to draft a receiver early but i think getting someone to play that adam thielen role you know kj osborne can keep doing his thing i'd be happy there too sounds good so we've got 
three guys that are kind of all grouped together, right? You got Jalen Hyatt, Zay Flowers, as you mentioned, Josh Downs. Um, you actually have them in that order um, that I just mentioned. How do you differentiate these three guys, and why do you like Hyatt the best? It's funny because you know they all have similar frames and builds. I think they all play very differently, which makes it tough. It's kind of your flavor. Like I, I think Jalen Hyatt. We saw him dominate Alabama. He has the deep speed without the 40 time. The manipulation of corners with his eyes, his feet, and his hips is very good. People talk, oh, speed, whatever. Now, you know, he he doesn't let you know where he's going to go. And then he goes where you don't think he's going to go. And that's how he gets open deep so much. I think it's an underrated skill that, you know, fantasy players kind of shy away from. That's interesting to me. We'll see how you know how it translates. I think Zay Flowers is going to be the earliest drafted. I think he's a sleeper to be the first receiver off the board, maybe even ahead of JSN in the draft. Um, like a team like the Patriots that really like him, want that kind of quick tit twitch explosive ability behind the line that gets up to speed really quick and you know, played in a really crappy offense with a crappy quarterback and made things happen. That's usually a good thing. I think Josh Downs is, is your typical slot receiver. I mean, that that you know, he gets open in the slot. He has those nice slants inside, um, keeps his, his speed through the catch and continues going. Uh, so, you know, I think Downs could be more of a volume player and get more of a PPR kind of monster. I think Hyatt, you're looking for the kind of the best ball format and get some of those big plays and maybe he can develop into something more. I think Flowers is a little bit of, it's going to depend on the offense and how they use him. Uh, so it becomes tough. They've kind of been falling down my rookie draft boards, especially the running back class that you talked about already. So good. It's like, I'd rather just take a shot on these running backs. I think than the the next tier of receivers. So as a Steelers fan, any uh, truth to the rumor that Jalen Hyatt is actually just Nate Washington re-entering the draft? I'm just curious. <laughs> Look, I, I, that's, that's a good cop, too. I'm, I'm sad I didn't come up with that, Brandon. That's a good one, man. <laughs> Nate Washington could do one thing, and that's yeah. it. Uh, that's, sounds like Jalen Hyatt in Tennessee. So um, I, hopefully hopefully, if someone's drafting Hyatt in the top 50, they don't get Nate Washington. Out of it. <laughs> uh, I, guys, I was watching, uh, you know, like I said, I haven't, done my homework like I usually do this year but early on in the process like early in the college football season Rasheed Rice from SMU and Keishon Butte from uh, LSU those guys were kind of highly touted now they're being projected as mid-rounders uh, are they sleeper potential guys or is there a reason they're dropping I think there's definitely sleeper potential I think there's always potential when you have talent that's going to exceed draft capital if you're going to take a shot on a day three guy like take one that's talented i think both those players are and the Keishon Boutte is just we had that great freshman year and look like the next great lsu receiver and dealt with injuries and ineffectiveness came in the first game this season gave no effort on the field just stopped trying um and, and you know he had some games there but between that and some of the off-field rumors i think it's just really hard for a team to invest and a guy that both, you know, both Rasheed Rice and Keisha Butte don't play special teams. Uh, you know, I can't draft. If I'm not going to draft around three, it's going to be tough to draft highly. I think Rice is a little bit more of limited route tree. You know, he kind of did a couple routes, really. That's all he ran and has some off-field, you know, effort kind of concerns, work ethic concerns. Those are the guys to try for, though. And you start looking at guys that get drafted around five, round six, round seven in the NFL draft. Um 
you know, take a shot. We, we saw it happen with Stefan Diggs. You can sometimes hit that gold with a player who was a good recruit, was a good player, but had, you know, something that knocked him down the board that's not field related. If they get it back, then they're still talented and that talent's still there. So worth a shot. Uh, any other sleepers that we should look at? I mean, we'll talk about like favorite prospects, but somebody specifically day three that we should kind of keep an eye on landing spot for. Um, I, I really like Tyler Scott, a receiver from Cincinnati, I think is an interesting one. Um, I, and maybe he sneaks into day two, maybe not. But He was uh, our pound the table last week. From uh, Justin, Justin. Justin Edwards loves, Justin loves, Edwards loves Tyler him. Scott. Yeah, look, I, I'm I'm in. I'm I'm with Justin here because I see that Deontay Johnson type of mold of being able to be so quick off the line that it's Tyler Scott's just tough to cover. Uh, and I think if he had any semblance of good quarterback play at Cincinnati last year, he would have had a lot more production than he had. Um, so he's he's kind of my guy. If he gets in a landing spot where that slot position's open, I, I think just just open the doors and draft uh, Tyler Scott late. Any other prospects that we haven't mentioned receiver-wise? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I, I think there's I think there's a couple. Um, Jaden Reed, the receiver from Michigan State, I think has kind of become a fantasy darling a little bit. He he passes a lot of the analytics and advanced metrics testing because Michigan State didn't throw the football a lot. And when they did, they threw to him or his teammate Keon Coleman, who's a prospect next year. Um, you know, Reed is, is a little, little more bulky, 190 pounds. It's just sad to say that's more bulky in this class, but he, it is, you know, and he has some versatility to him. Um, you know, one of my favorites, I think he's going to get drafted super late in the draft, is Andre Yeshivas, receiver from Princeton. Uh, he was a, a 99.8% athlete, um, track star, 6'3", 205. And I watched him at Princeton two years ago. He literally is like a track guy. He just ran like a track player on the field. Then you watch him this past year, and he really started to get it and started to understand football. Um, so if you have like some of those deep leagues, taxi squads, whatever, that's the kind of player I like to draft and stash. Um, so he's definitely a guy I'll have a lot of. I'm going to put you on the spot with some things I didn't put on the show sheet since we're since we're good on time. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, the more the merrier. So DeAndre Hopkins, he he get moved this weekend, do you think? Or do you think we have to wait longer? I think I think we have to wait longer. I just think there's too much with him in the contract to feel like you can get that done in a weekend. Unless, unless the groundwork has already been laid out. And if it has, I feel like he gets moved before before the draft. But I, I, I would I'll I won't be floored, but I'll be surprised if he's moved on draft day. Excellent. Seattle. I would love it like right in the middle. Like oh, that'd just, be great. Like a random trade goes through smack in the middle of like the first or second round. I would, th I would thoroughly enjoy that. Uh, number 20, Seattle pick, pick a number 20, no, number five, we assume pass rusher, maybe quarterback, something like that. Number 20. Uh, is that a good receiver spot? I know you've got them taking a tackle in your mock, but is that a good receiver spot? What would you think of that? If they added another receiver to that room? I'd be really intrigued if they decide to spend the 20th pick. You know, they've whiffed on some of those day two picks um, in, in the past. But I think when you're going to spend the kind of premium draft capital, uh, I think I'd be in. Like Tyler Lockett's good. You know, he's been great for fantasy. I, I don't think they view him as maybe one more year and out. And it's a team that I think needs that extra receiver help. So, um yeah, I, I'd, I'd kind of be in. I'd kind of be interested, uh, ultimately. But uh, you know, hopefully they get someone that's that's a little more talented than some of the receivers they brought in before. Um, 
you know, the, the Gary Jennings and, and that kind of group. Excellent. Um, you talked about running backs like that. You, we, we're not doing running backs today, but like I said, since we have a little bit more time, you talked about how you'd be stocking up on running backs in dynasty drafts rather than taking some of these uh, later receivers. Who are some of your targets there after Bajan Robinson? And obviously we know you like Rashawn Johnson as well. Yeah. Uh, when, how, how much time do we have left? We can, we can <laughs> run down like the, the next 10 running backs. I think, I think they're all pretty good. You know, Obviously, Zach Charbonnet from UCLA, I think, is the, the favorite to be the third running back off the board uh, after Bijan and Gibbs. And he, he gives you more of that 215-pound you know, run between the tackles but still have some speed and receiving ability. So I think people are going to be in on him. Um, and it, would, it wouldn't overly surprise me if we, we get some people that try to be a little bit cute and – move him up past Jameer Gibbs or past JSN if it's a good landing spot. Uh, I do really like Devin Achain, the running back from Texas A&M, who I think fantasy players are going to be allergic to in the rookie drafts because he's 188 pounds. And that'll tell me they haven't watched Devin Achain play because he's a, he, he carried the load for in, in the SEC this year, and he ran between the tackles. He was He is tough. Like, he will run you over. It doesn't always happen. He's 188 pounds. He runs in that 320-pounder. Like, he's not taking him down. But, I mean, a linebacker comes down to tackle him, and he picks up extra yardage. Really good receiver, you know, track athlete star. Um, I've heard Miami's really interested in that second-round range. And, I mean, that would be the dream spot for him. So I'm definitely intrigued by him. I think Kendra Miller out of TCU is going to go very high. Uh, I think just a really deep, good running back class. I feel really comfortable and confident with my top 11 running backs being contributors in the NFL in some way. Uh, let's talk about number nine on that board because I love this kid. Um, Israel Abanaconde from uh, from Pittsburgh. I this kid just just athleticism off the charts and keeps his legs uh, moving him. I I love this kid. Is is that warrant? Is my love warranted this year? Or do I need to watch some more? I think oh I, th- I think it is. I mean I think he's raw. Uh, he wasn't even supposed to start for Pitt. He was not the starter coming into the year. Ronnie Hammond was and got, got hurt the first game, and then Izzy just ran away with the job um, despite having production the year before. I think it's warranted. I, I think his draft capital is going to tell us a lot. Like if a team takes him in the third round, then you really have to be in. Like the raw tool sets there, like you said, he's electric, he's explosive, the outside rushing ability. Um, and he, and he, he takes really nice rush angles when he gets to that second level to avoid direct contact. And oftentimes taking those safeties back on their heels uh, and they have trouble with, with their hips and turning around. I think he does a really good job manipulating the third level of the defense too. Um, but, you know, he's definitely raw, like – you know, trying to get him to run between the tackles, he really needed a hole. And I, you know, that it can be worrisome. There's a lot of offensive lines in the NFL that can't make the hole for you. Uh, and if, if he gets stuck in one of those spots, like it could be trouble. But put him in one of those outside zone or even inside zone schemes where just make the one cut and go. Uh, I, I feel a lot more comfortable with him. So he's going to be a little draft capital team dependent for me. But uh, you know, the upside at 215 when he can run like he does is is there. So Miami to the moon, then if if Miami grabs him, then with, with that with that one cut scheme, yeah, that's uh, I there's a few teams out there like Miami that are kind of a mess running back wise, and if they draft somebody, uh, we'll just kind of be scratching our heads on who we're gonna go after. Is Miami one of those teams you talked about a chain maybe going there? I I don't know what I would do with a chain if he ends up in Miami. I I'd be excited from a football perspective, but fantasy wise, I, is that just a mess, or do you think a rookie can come over and take over that backfield? 
I, I think a rookie can come and take over that backfield. Like, I, I don't know. I'm not threatened by Raheem Mostert. Or, or... <laughs> I was going to say, let's be real. Like, <laughs> either Mostert or Wilson are going to get hurt within the first couple games anyway. So then you're, you know, the, the door's going to wrong. The door's gonna open there. Yeah, I, I think if they invest that second or third round pick, I'm in. Like, if it gets later than that, when with they only have four picks in the draft, I was like, well, I don't know. You know, we have the Dalvin Cook rumors. Maybe they don't draft a running back at all. Um, and, you know, I, I think there are some spots. I think some teams are going to draft running backs that, you know, we're not going to be maybe super happy with from a fantasy perspective, right? That happens every year. Like, I think, I think the Rams are going to draft one fairly early and mm-hmm. they're like, well, great. You know, now you got to split <laughs> with Cam Akers or whatever. Um, you know, I think it's glaringly obvious. Tampa is the most interested team in a running back rather than anyone else <laughs> in this draft. They brought in almost every running back for a visit. Like, they're pairing someone with Rashad White, uh, however you feel about that. So I think, I think we'll have some tough spots in there, but it's going to be interesting. I, uh, I'm going to be interested to see those veterans. You talked about Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, as well as uh, being floated around there as maybe a Dolphins target. You don't think he gets moved? No, I, I think as one <laughs> one guy sending one tweet just sets the world. Oh, is that it? That he was traded to the Eagles. And I was like, what what is going on? Like the Titans. I I, I think I think Henry's uh, Henry's sticking. Unless unless the Titans draft Bijan eleven, then we're like, well, I guess something's happening. But uh, no, I, I I think Henry's going to stay. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, like we got, but we still got Zeke to sign, and some of those older guys are going to sign somewhere. So I feel like we always have a team or two that we expect to take a running back, just passes on the position as well. Um, I think I think this class is going to tempt teams. I, I, you know, my one of my bold predictions is that we have ten running backs going the, the top one hundred picks the first three rounds. Pretty, it's a bold take. I, I don't know if it's going to happen, but I think I think we're going to get darn close. I like that. I like that. I'm going to ask you one defensive question. I'm going to ask Jen one more question, then I'll let you go, Shane. I know you've got a hard out. Uh, defensive-wise, uh, Will Anderson and Tyree Wilson, uh, which one do you like better and why? I mean, it's easily Will Anderson for me. Like, I I don't see the Tyree Wilson love that the NFL seems to see. And I, I get I get a little bit, right? Tyree Wilson is this big, long kind of base 4-3 defensive end, 270 pounds, 6-6. Six, six. Like, he he looks like what you want. You know, he looks like Miles Garrett. He doesn't play like Miles Garrett. Um, <laughs> had the injury this year. And, you know, I, I just don't know how you pass on the guy that got 17 and a half sacks in the SEC for the guy that couldn't get, you know, more than seven in the Big 12, uh, I think is a problem. Like, Will Anderson, is, is so his bend in his first step is so good uh, that I think, he, he should be the first defensive player off the board. I think a team will regret taking Tyree Wilson over him if they decide to do that, Texans, Cardinals, whoever. Um, yeah, it, it's a chasm for me. I, I just, you know, like I have Tyree Wilson's my third best edge rusher in, in the draft just because I see the upside and like I'm, I'm not even super comfortable with that. It wouldn't surprise me if he's a, a bust. Interesting. I love this. I love that's pretty spicy, Shane. I like that. Yeah. So you can play that clip when he's like a Hall of Famer, but you know, that's usually how it goes. No, he's going to be Vernon Golston, man. You've got this down. Uh, Jen, I want to ask you real quick. um, You're always the the voice of reason. I get very excited around draft time, especially the quarterbacks. I get, I get excited. I I start uh, right, right. I start bringing rookies up my 
uh, rankings in, in, in all my fantasy formats, best ball and dynasty, and even redraft. And you're my voice of reason in redraft. Will you give me a well-deserved and well-needed settle down before we uh, sign off on this one? Yes, I will. I, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to settle down and redraft now, best ball draft them all feel free, especially in, you know, the super flex format, which I think just closed on underdog. So I think they're going to be launching the uh, best ball mania here right after the draft. And that that's a regular format, but still feel free to draft young, feel free to draft Stroud, feel free to draft Anderson, whatever in redraft. If it's, if it's a regular old home league, one QB no. There's there's 12 better quarterbacks <laughs> out there um, currently on the on the NFL uh, that, uh, yeah, you know how it is, Brandon. You, it, very rarely a rookie quarterback, even if he starts on day one, it's just not, you know, even Tre- – well, I was going to say even Trevor Lawrence, but he had a, a complete, uh, you know, the, Ur- the Urban Meyer era to deal with. But so even Burrow, kinda... you know, even Burrow. Yeah. And you can I go mean, back to the Peyton Mannings and all that. It's not a common occurrence. So. Right. And and the guys that we're looking at right now um, are, are going to go to teams that are – it's just – they're not going to be a position to, to put up a ton of fantasy points. So you need to throttle back a little bit, Brandon. Pull them back. You can take them in, in, in best ball all you want in rounds, you know, 15 through 18 all day. But uh, redraft, no. And if, gonna, like, worst comes to worst, you know how it is. You can stream them if you need to later. They'll be there. I, I need that, Jen. I appreciate I need this in my life. This helps me when it, <laughs> go, when it comes to redraft time. And I have Bryce uh, Bryce Young way too high on my mm-hmm. list. So well, can, uh, can I say I, I needed that as well from Jen? Because I, I have an <laughs> FFPC uh, draft on Wednesday night. I'm going to draft like 10 rookies. Uh, so I, I, it's going to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you so much, Shane, for joining us. Uh, I, I, no BS. I, I genuinely love your content and genuinely appreciate you coming on. Uh, listeners, please read Shane's mock at draft countdown. Check out the Debbie marketplace podcast. Follow Shane on Twitter at Shane P Hallam, as you can see by that awesome sign behind you, uh, Shane, which is very cool. Uh, Shane, any final thoughts or plugs before we go? No, I appreciate you having me. This is one of my favorite shows to do uh, the week of the draft every year. It's always fun. But, uh, yeah, go to draft. I'll have a, a, a seven-round mock draft the day of, the morning of. Uh, my final big board is is coming out, and we'll have that. Um, we have a free draft guide with all my scouting reports in it, free draft contest. You can win money. Like it, it's Everything's free. Just go to draftcountdown.com. Excellent. Everybody definitely check that out. And Jen, always a pleasure. Uh, listeners, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Jen Akins NFL and at Two Guys Brandon. Thanks so much for checking us out and have a good day. <laughs>